Hey everyone, and welcome to Cup of Three. My name is Ashley. I am joined as always by my friend and co-host Mabel and fiance and co-host Agu. Hey guys. Hey. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right. So if this is your first time joining us, we are a podcast covering reality shows on love and relationships. Right now we are covering Married at First Sight season 12, the most chaotic season to date. <laughs> and uh, we are going to be going over episode 14, I Expected a Little Better. But first, today, we want to talk about, we got some very exciting fan mail talking about their thoughts on the last episode, specifically with Brianna and Vincent and their whole thing about Brianna wanting Vincent to get up early in the morning and he's got to sleep in because he's a working man and he's driving all the time. So um, we'd like to kind of start this pattern of having a, a brief segment in the beginning, the top of the show, where we hear from you guys and you can be part of the conversation. So just keep that in mind as you're listening. If there's something you have big feelings on, send it in and maybe it'll be included on a future episode. So Mabel, for the very first time, can you tell Woo-hoo! us about uh, our cup of before, three mail? Before Mabel goes in, if you don't yeah. mind me hopping in. I just want to acknowledge how freaking awesome it is that you guys sent stuff in and yes. <laughs> that's so cool and um thank it's, you it's been great like getting your insight and your guys' opinions on this so yeah like Ashley of course was very professional and this is where I come in I'm just like this is cool yay <laughs> but this is cool no, it's exciting. yay and uh, it's, yeah we're just kind of like speaking out into the universe and it, it feels it feels extra exciting to hear back from people yes. who are actually listening because to us this is just us hanging out like once a week to record so it's really cool right. to hear from you guys yeah, yeah. plus you guys and... like the same show it's awesome it's <laughs> i like it we have things in common with other people in this universe exactly <laughs> and I wanted to particularly mention Molly. This is a listener who wrote in to us and had a really good point on being a mom and how we talked about Brint. Um, again, Brincent. I'm just forever calling him Brincent. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Brincent. Molly says, as a mom, I'll say that it's super annoying when one person gets to sleep in. Ha. She's jumping the gun a bit, but hey, it did look like it was 1030 in the microwave clock when she was cleaning that kitchen, not 8 a.m. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Those are the details so... that I miss every time. <laughs> right? And I she makes a good point. Back. Because 10 a.m. sleeping in is a bit different from 8 a.m. I'm just... Right. Mm-hmm. I it think it's different, included. too, when you have kids. Because don't kids... I mean, I don't have children. But I hear people complaining a lot about having to wake up early with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're, like, getting up with the kids and then someone else gets to sleep in, I could see that being frustrating. Yeah. I could see that, too. Like... Again, not a parent myself, but having many nieces and nephews and now an apartment building where I get to hear these little babies through the wall. Parents, <laughs> especially new parents, do not get to sleep at all. You're not and mad so... at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's... Tell me how you really feel. My okay. goodness. Sorry, well, neighbors. like I'm happy it's not my kid. Like, I'm listening. <laughs> I get to ignore this screaming and go back to bed. Wow. So oh, I will, you know, <laughs> I am not against having kids, but I'm just particularly happy that right now I get mm-hmm. to continue enjoying my sleep. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> she, to kind of go back to Molly's, uh, Molly's email, she does make a good point. And I think this is the problem that uh, Brianna's having where you want to make plans in a day, but you don't know what the other person, yeah. if they're going to join you or not. Um, and I think we've had 
to kind of put our business out there a little bit. We haven't had morning argument uh, talks, but we've had conversations where like Ashley like wants to know what the the day is gonna go into, and I'm kind of like waffling and don't. So I could see how that's annoying. Where it's like, okay, what are we gonna do with the day? And you're just waiting for the other person, um, and then you're mad that you're waiting. And so I, I get that point, and uh, I feel like I didn't acknowledge that when we were talking about it before. So yeah, thanks for, for uh, sending in the yeah. email. Did I put out too much of our business out there, Ashley? I, I, mean, I just didn't know where you were going with that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? We don't argue. Okay. Like, but yeah, so? yeah. I think too though when, because I mean we've been together a while now and our morning routine and Mm -hmm. nighttime routine has evolved quite a bit over time and probably like with different jobs and when like one person has to leave and all that stuff like wake up times always fluctuate but I think it does always kind of settle into being easier just to both get up at the same time so I wonder with Brianna and Vincent if that's something that they'll eventually kind of find equilibrium with where um, if they have a more consistent schedule that they can get into, that that's mm-hmm. naturally going to happen. It just seems a little early to be like, our schedules are completely wrong. For and sure. then, right. I don't know. Right. And I also think that like, you know, if he's staying up late, maybe he'll just be the one staying up late, making sure to, you know, take care of a crying baby at midnight versus her waking yeah. up at four o'clock in the morning. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also her compromise wasn't a compromise oh you could <laughs> go to sleep earlier let's call it like, what it is that's, that's so you can start to wake up early right cool. <laughs> compromise <laughs> like i like how dr pepper was like so the compromise is and she's just like him wake up early none <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. that's All great right. yeah thank you for writing in that was that was a pleasure yeah and uh yeah everyone else send us your thoughts what we're talking about we want to hear from you Right. So we've already started talking about Brianna and Vincent. So let's just slide on into that area for episode 14. Um, So we start with them having a tap dancing date at a studio. And Brianna's got her little shoes on and she's tippy tapping around the room. I think tap dancing is really cool. (laughs) So I was very jealous of her tapping (laughs) skills. Um, And she talks about how, you know, it's something that she really enjoyed and gave her a lot of confidence and something to focus on when she was younger and she wishes that she would have kind of held on to that as even a hobby into adulthood because she kind of felt like she had to go into corporate America and be that that kind of person and, and go after a, a high paying career, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that where you're really yeah. interested in something and you feel like you maybe won't be able to make a living off of it. And so you try to set up yourself with a career path that's going to you know, you'll be able to survive on. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Vincent came in, he seemed, he was poking fun, but I think he was like really excited to see her in her element there. It was really sweet. Mm -hmm. And she even mentions that, hey, I learned from my experience. I want to make sure my kids can do what they feel comfortable and not feel forced to go into a traditionally successful career, which was actually very well-timed by the editors because then Vincent walked right in. As an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Enter Vincent. Yeah. I, I uh, as a, a, a big music person, I feel like everyone, well, a lot of people are music fans, but I think every once in a while it hits me that like the amount of musicians that we just never get to hear their stuff because mm-hmm. 
they look at it and go, hey, it's not a viable career choice. And I just, I think that's, that's so sad and unfortunate. And like creative, not to get soapboxy, but creative work deserves payment. Like, you know, if you're, if you're making an album, you're making whatever type of artistic Mm -hmm. endeavor. Mm -hmm. um, And I just, it's, it's a bit unfortunate that we have a system where you you have to pick and choose and i know there are people mm-hmm. who do both and those are superheroes and they're awesome but um yeah like why why can't you be a tap dancer you know go go do your thing tap mm-hmm. dance all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all over the, the place i yeah. don't know how to i think a that. lot of creative industries in general and music in particular is underrated because mm-hmm. i'm particularly thinking of alicia keys when she talks about her interest in music therapy and bringing music education back into the school system into a more prominent you know than it is now and stuff like that is just so important to a child's growth right not just making sure you can master the pythagorean theorem but also making sure that you have a full well-rounded healthy education right and that Mm -hmm. includes things like music and art Mm mm-hmm and there's a ton of privilege associated with that, like to oh, be able yeah. to go to a school where that is something that you can explore fully and through many years of schooling and all of those types of things. I think we're, yeah. I mean, at least in my experience, it was very much always a conversation around kind of guiding towards a career that would allow you to survive <laughs> rather yeah. than like the idea of going after something because of an interest wasn't it was always like that will be a hobby and that's always something mm-hmm. you can do on the side and i don't that's i don't necessarily totally disagree with that but i think mm-hmm. this is uh kind of a por qué no los dos situation <laughs> to quote my favorite commercial <laughs> <laughs> um you know like why why can't we have both why can't we yeah. um be able to support ourselves with i'm just getting on my soapbox too cuz i am <laughs> i kind of consider myself a creative but went down a more corporate route just because of the stability there and right. you know it's a whole balancing act so exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly definitely I feel like i, I... sidetracked us a little bit <laughs> no, well, no that's great like, don't, I, I mean sidetracking this is what i do i'm here let's do this <laughs> no, um like there's this i don't know if you've heard the the joke about if you like google a lot of like indie artists you know like all the mm-hmm. artists that because I'm weird, the the songs I'm like, oh, this is great, and it's like a guy like making a song by hitting a doorknob or something. <laughs> and like, if you Yay. Google their name, you'll always like their names are always uh, linkable. And the reason why is most of them have like celebrity parents, you know, like they have the stability of having a parent who, you know, you're able to go into this industry that yeah. you're probably not going to make money for the first ten years or five years of doing it. And then, you know, you hit your stride and get your sound. And so it's very, uh, it's a very fun experiment to just like Google all your favorite indie artists and see like who their parents are. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a correlation there for sure. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think everyone, we should have a society, hopefully, that everyone can do that and experiment with it. And mm-hmm. like, I kind of view it like you pick up skills and, and then those skills are what matters in the job title. And I enjoy where I work now. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that, but like just you pick up skills and you could take that and go wherever you want. And like, that's should be the thing that matters more as opposed to uh, getting this corporate 
corporate trap and you have to stay there and so brianna can be a tap dancing engineer this is a new role we're gonna make for her (laughs) (laughs) but there's gotta be an intersection there i was just excited hearing her talk about that because it's like yeah Yeah. you kind of get reminded of those things that you used to love so much and Mm -hmm. i think childhood usually is rife with those examples of oh yeah i used to love this thing and what was it about it and you know that Mm -hmm. freedom that comes with it where you weren't restricted to um, how am I going to pay my bills this month? And, and all those kind of like boring adult things that we have to fill our brains with yeah. now. So. I just wanted to eat Play-Doh as a kid. And apparently that's not a career choice. And look that's where weird. you are now. Selling Play-Doh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Professional Play-Doh eater. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, And in that same conversation, I just want to acknowledge that at least like she really had some some introspective thoughts on on her upbringing in terms of her, the color of her skin. Right. And she talked about how much that impacted her when she was younger, mm-hmm. having the light skin versus dark skin, you know, not necessarily vocal debates, but still much in existence of who she was and, and where mm-hmm. she stood amongst like people around her. And so I was. I liked hearing that, you know, there was a, a, a really, I thought, healthy conversation there on, in terms of now she's coming to herself more after being, she mentioned, I think, 15, 16 is when she really started seeing herself as beautiful and it's really okay, you know, having my skin tone and et cetera. So that was really good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the awesome thing about how diverse the show is and you get a lot of different perspectives and you know i i imagine you know a lot of people don't might not even know you know like if you're black if you're african if you're in a lot of different cultures heck different asian cultures like that that's a thing and um you know i i imagine i just i really appreciate that she was able to talk about it and and the whole idea of um, finding yourself beautiful, finding yourself attractive. I think that's universal for everybody, no matter right. race and creed. And uh, yeah, also she's just like, she's so, she, I was going to say articulate. I hate when people describe <laughs> yeah, as articulate. Yeah, I would avoid that like, one. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think that's going to sound like? But I just, I love how. Like, if you asked me to talk about it, I, I would be like, um, I need some time to think about this. And she it's had, huge. Like, it's a lot. Right. She summarized exactly something so big and meaningful and as succinct and in a great way. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, I feel like Brianna's the best. And if you don't know mm-hmm. that by now, this is your daily reminder. Um, <laughs> but, I also yeah. think Brinson. there's some... <laughs> Brinson. I always, I also think there's something really powerful when um, someone's able to talk about the thing that they they feel like they're supposed to be ashamed of, and then actually yeah. be able to turn like once you start talking about that shame, and then you recognize that nope, there's never been a problem with me. There's a problem with the structure around me which thinks that this should be shameful, and so it takes mm-hmm. all of that power away from it. All that that control from that side and flips it so it's like no this this system is actually pretty messed up like this environment the way that we think about certain things is really messed up and i would challenge anyone to think about the things that you feel shameful about and think about maybe there's a 
a system around you that you haven't completely identified yet that's 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 causing that shame and maybe that's at fault maybe you're not broken yeah. or wrong or anything like we're all just exactly. fine as we are we are worthy as we are in all of the different ways i'm not just talking about race here and there's a there's a huge power in in acknowledging that for what it is that it's a problem right. outside of you that's oppressing you <laughs> it's not a problem with you it never has been mm-hmm. gosh this is getting too wholesome and like let's <laughs> Too I was waiting for you guys to be like, shut up, Ashley. Let's move oh, on. I definitely wanted to get say to that. The drama. Like, <laughs> Let's get to Eric, though. <laughs> oh, Eric, we got some thoughts for you. The man is garbage. You sit down. Stay tuned. to come to you. Okay. All right. Other you're things. Fine, Eric. You're fine. Other <laughs> things with yeah. Brianna and Vincent. So Dr. Pepper comes over for a visit, asks if they've re- resolved the the sleeping in situation, which we you know we talked about a little mm. bit. How did she feel like? Not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like they've completely resolved it. No. You know, like there hasn't really been a compromise. There hasn't right. been. I feel like Brianna's really digging in her heels. We're just like right. stand Brianna before, and now we're like Brianna's not compromising. Hey, we're we're, but, we're, all, uh-huh. we're a mixture of things. You know, hey, I get it. We're all yeah. So. Yeah, the the conversation with Dr. Pepper, they talk about that. They talk about, um, they talk more about how they were viewing having children with Brianna's high blood pressure. And if they, if Vincent was open to adoption, if that's something he ever really thought about, um, it seems like they kind of needed to explore that a lot more and they wanted to do some more research. But I felt like that was pretty helpful. It seems like they made at least a little progress on that one. Mm -hmm. I think so too. It seems like a natural next step for them to go speak to medical professionals more and and do more research because maybe, you know, Brianna understands a little better than Vincent right now, but this now is a partner journey for them and Vincent can learn more, but they can learn together, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was definitely getting that. It felt like, and I think Dr. Pepper was even trying to like, hey, I think right now, or at least at that moment, it seemed like his interpretation was, this is going to be hard and difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And like Dr. Pepper was trying to nicely say, like, it might not even be possible. Like, are you okay yeah. with adoption? Um, and I think, and I think his answer, like he's never thought about it before. So I think his answer was real and like, Hey, I, I need to think about it. I, this, this is mm-hmm. uh, something I didn't think I'd have to consider. So right. I think they both and did he, a yeah. good job. Yeah. And he thinks very much about his legacy, you know, his his blood legacy. So mm-hmm. that's a big and not everyone is OK with adoption. You know, that that's a very personal decision. And I don't know. We, no one knows, I think, you know, truly what they think and feel. But at least they're being able to talk about it healthily, and, you know, open, honest. You know. Yeah, I think the yeah. earlier they can talk about these things, the better. <laughs> exactly. Is it seems is... like they're both. Uh... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. Oh, it seems like they're both on the same page about wanting children. And Brianna even mentioned, like, I would like to experience having, you know, giving birth and being pregnant and all those things. It's just these health concerns that I'm not sure how that's going to work. And so I think if they can just stay focused on that of like, this is what we want. And maybe we might be taking an unconventional path to get there, but we can still have 
as many kids as we want that we really love and cherish and care for and become awesome little kids who were raised by these really cool people. And, you know, you still get the result that you're after. It's just maybe a little bit different than you thought at first. Yeah. The whole, like, like, is that a, just a guy thing? Like, it's weird to me. I've never heard a lady be like, I want my bloodline to be spread. (laughs) Like, is that, I don't know. It's just, it's an odd thing to be like, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I know a lot of people have it. There's no judgment, but I just, yeah, I've never Mm -hmm. seen that before. Like, I want to spread my, uh, my oats all over the land. (laughs) My lady oats. (laughs) I just haven't, I haven't seen that. (laughs) I feel like maybe men and women look at having kids a lot differently as to why they want that. But it's very different experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, this is just, this is just a question. Yeah. I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So last but not least, and Mabel has been very excited for us to talk about this scene. Brianna and Vincent went to a bodega and <laughs> they got to see. Oh, I should have gotten my Lise flag. Oh, I'm a Liseita for the Dominicans out there. It's a baseball team. Ah, okay. I was like, like what, what is okay. this? I don't, I don't yeah. know. So if you're if you're Dominican, you either like you're either an aguilucha or liceita. I'm a liceita. I'm the blue team. Okay. So, but yes, we... they went to the bodega. I was so excited. I saw a tambora. I don't know if you picked up in the beginning of the scene. They quickly flashed over a drum-looking instrument, and yeah. it had the red. Yeah. So it's a tambora. It's a, a drum looking instrument <laughs> and i was so excited to just see everything they were drinking country club it's not pronounced country club for those who oh. saw the red soda oh. on the table it's country, country club, club. <laughs> oh that's the best because it's english but you pronounce it like it's spanish so it sounds ridiculous country club. it's great it's oh. great i mean one of our oh, best conversations God. was like changing english words to sound like yeah. I, I love it yeah this is great flashback Ooh, flashback to one of our com- exactly uh-huh. i like it <laughs> yes oh my gosh i was i loved that whole scene at the end of it he, we even learned um his neighborhood so um villa it's villa duarte um duarte is a very historical name in, in the dr and um for those interested in history, definitely look up the name. And there's also a really great hiking point in the country, Pico Duarte. But Villa Duarte is a, it's Villa, they spelled it on the screen, V-I-A, which is kind of funny, uh-huh. but it's spelled like Villa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Neighborhood um, in East Santo Domingo. And it was really cool just to like see him in his element. He was speaking Spanish. He was, oh my gosh. Patica, the swag, the, the swag was high when he yes. was there. I could feel, he was just like <laughs> feeling himself like, yo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Throw some platanones on my thing. I, I I mispronounced the fudge out of that. That's what that I'm here was for, folks. <laughs> you you combined the word plantain with the word plant or pants. <laughs> the way you just describe it. Plantalones. <laughs> exactly. Banana pants. Exactly. Give me some of those hey. banana pants. <laughs> I know my way around that a bodega. Was... <laughs> That's that's interesting <laughs> that was the best but like oh my gosh all that food looked delicious uh i was just waiting to you know be fed to the screen so, mm-hmm. <laughs> not the some... i'm not a fan of the feet 
No. Yeah, so that's that's pig feet, right? Yeah. How do they cook that? Um, the one I know it in is in a stew, but I I am no, I, I don't eat it, so I don't really know that much. <laughs> that just that it's feels me. like the struggle food that like you know like shitlings <laughs> is one of them. It's goat, just hey, you goat got the food brain there, is so the thing it. that they do in Nigeria, goat head, and it's just mm-hmm. like I get why this existed at one point. Um, can't we not? We're not. Let's. You're let's, like we let, don't let's need let to do go. that anymore. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of those like foods that every culture has like tongue for like tacos like in, in Mexican food. I'm just like, hey, it's part of the anatomy of the animal, so you cook it on the grill too. So why yeah, not? Don't waste it? anything. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Have I had yeah. cow tongue in the taco and not known it? Was that? Oh no. Um, I don't know. It's it's very popular. My brother likes it. I think it's absolutely disgusting. If, if you've been <laughs> with me, I would have let you know if you were ordering that. Because <laughs> I do know lingua. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're Is good. it tender? It's probably <laughs> tender, though, right? It's like tender. And... Yeah. yeah. I'll eat it. I'll try it. I'll do it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, all try, the food right? looked super delicious. I was like, I want to try all of these things. They got some fresh empanadas. Like, mm-hmm. they hooked them up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was eating. So her, it looked like she was eating a cheese one. They put a lot of cheese in that one. I was like, that's that's how you got to make it. You got to stuff the empanada. <laughs> I didn't know you could put cheese in empanadas. How is this mm-hmm. news to me? It's, oh, no. I mean, you want to like make it like a really good gooey cheese. But like, yeah, you can throw any kind of cheese in there. I mean, um, if you want to like even do the little cubed um, Monterey cheddar ones, like you can buy from like Meyer or something mm-hmm. like that. Just mm-hmm. throw it in there. Yeah. I just like that they have plantains. That's that's really yes. what my thing is. Like I know I make that's my only Dominican joke is plantains, <laughs> but it's delicious. Like it's so good. It's so good. And it, so, and it's not a banana. I've had people no. incorrectly. Ooh, that banana looks weird. It's a plantain, platanos. Exactly. Uh, no, that's pants. But um, no, 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 no. You were right. You're right. What? <laughs> no way. All right. Um, so yeah, I was ha- I was happy they did that. And it's cool that they had, you said this before we started, but like, it's cool that they have a bodega in Atlanta. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yes. That is really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yes. Wherever you have a lot of Dominicans, you're going to find the bodega. In West Michigan, there are two. It's all along the East Coast. I mean, you're going to find a lot of Dominicans. You're going to find them all over the country, too. But when you have a big population, you got the bodega there. And theirs was pretty big. I mean, that the the way the camera was kind of like glancing over the store like it mm-hmm. seemed like it was a pretty decently sized one so like all right atlanta way to go repping for the yeah. dominicans <laughs> yeah yeah it's great they have that there because then it's kind of like yeah. a shortcut to kind of get brianna into that world i don't i don't know if she has a lot of dominican friends or anything if she's mm-hmm. experienced this before but she can get a little bit of a view into his world and he can show her all the mm-hmm. the different things on the shelf like oh this is you know you could they that we're doing the voiceover and you could see the video of him like showing her all the different products. He was like, look at this, look at this. Like, this is my favorite. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was just just, really sweet. And I'm glad she got to see, because I I have, having been a very multicultural family and knowing a lot of friends from different cultures, I think sometimes when you see, like English is his second language, right? Right. Or... And, like, I, there are friends I have that, like, English is their second language. You get so used to seeing them speaking English that, like, you're not actually getting to see, like, the real them until you're, yeah. unless they're, like, using their actual language. And, like, 
the jokes and the nuance and all that stuff you're missing out on it because they're like translating in their head and like getting to see him in that environment where you're like yeah. oh like you are the man when it when you're in dr like you Champagne can tell Vinny. like yes. yeah <laughs> and and like not that he doesn't oh. not that he's not cool yeah. now or yeah. anything but like it was really great to see that so um so it's um like a running joke i guess that dominicans love to drink and so ashley champagne Vinny. Um, it's a pretty funny like, kind of like saying that like when you start a party, you say, oh, you say, baby, which is today we drink. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, you say, baby, champagne, right. Vinny. <laughs> he, he's popped a lot of champagne in this season, if we're being honest. It's, it's been a lot. He's got a lot to celebrate. <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, exactly. So my favorite part of the entire episode was yeah. seeing them where they got. <laughs> That was very, very cool. Also, a thing that came up when they were eating outside is they were talking, or he was talking about, you know, growing up in the DR and, like, being in the States, and that's obviously a huge part of his life, and saying how his dad wasn't part of his life really growing Mm -hmm. up, and that's, you know, why he wants to be, um, you know, that that family man in the future. And it made me think about back in... It made me think about last season with Amani and Woody and how Woody, he was like, he wasn't super close or good with his dad. And he got really mm-hmm. close with Amani's dad. And I was like, maybe there's an opportunity here, Vincent. Like you're marrying into a family where like Brianna's dad seems really nice. He seems to like you. Like this can be like, yeah. this is also your family too, like her family. And there's like, yeah. it's, it's it's very exciting to see the possibilities there of like you can get what you've always wanted it might just be slightly different than what you thought and you can be that guy but you also can have that guy for you so yeah seems like fatherhood is very important to him and um it'll it'll be something obviously a little new to him when he does become a father but Mm -hmm. i'm sure it'll be a really nice support as well to have some sort of father figure in the family through brianna's dad that's right yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I forget what scene or what episode, but I remember him mentioning something about like, oh, I'll have a man cave where I can have my big TV <laughs> and then there's kids running around. Like you can tell like that's like his goal is to have yeah. kiddos. He's got like one little room in the house that's his because they've taken over everything else and just, and I get that. And that's, that's a nice uh I appreciate that, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I hope that they're able to do that in whatever form yeah. that turns out. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, we we spent so much time talking about them. This is <laughs> nice. Know. They're this great. What, They've been this is great. what we can do when we don't have to talk about Chris and Paige. This is I know. How we get to... <laughs> Look at in my notes sheet. I had written down Chris and Paige as we were watching the show, and I just put nada at the bottom. It says nada. <laughs> yes. There's nothing to say because <laughs> they weren't there. Oh. Bye. Oh my god, so much drama. Yeah. (laughs) Let Paige go and have like a spa day, like 17 Mm -hmm. days in a row to help her get over all this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Have Chris Mm -hmm. go sit and self-reflect. Maybe do some uh, journaling. Really think Mm -hmm. about this experience. And uh, maybe there's something you could have learned from this. I don't know. But right. Yeah. Right. Nevertheless, we did not have to see them. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one last thing, I'm sure we'll get into more a little bit later, but even through their conversation, part of Vincent's um, 
drive to really be a strong father is his own. Um, he mentions that there's not a low, middle class in Dominican Republic, and and I can see where he's coming from. The wealth disparity is very different, and now being you know more successful, he wants to kind of have a a, a better upbringing for his family in terms of you know financially, like in terms of financial um, stability, he wants that for for his family. So that was, yeah, that was great. Definitely. I am fighting the urge to get a little political and be like, hey, country. Having a middle <laughs> class is nice. You don't want to have it's. Trust me, I we, I think uh, I've traveled uh, to countries where middle classes don't really exist. It's not great. It's either you're doing great in life or you hate your life. Uh, yeah, all right, but um, there's but there's yeah, a lot of. That. <laughs> but so there is middle class, though. You're saying it's just not. Um, it's, it's smaller definitely than in the States. I mean, the States, I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with the U S I've been here all my life. Um, I, I'm very aware of I don't know what you're talking about. I know, right? I Racism? That great. doesn't exist. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I think no. we're doing great. Like, I totally, um, get the U S is not perfect. Um, but the U S in terms of the poverty that exists on a lot of the streets in Dominican Republic. His, his parents, um, I'm going to try not to get emotional here. Um, his parents, his mom coming here to the States did exactly what my parents did. Um, my dad used to say that my sister wouldn't be alive if we didn't come to the States because the medical um, technology wasn't around or always feasible. Um, and my sister was born very premature very small very early and she wouldn't have made it and so there's a lot of there's a lot of the american dream that even though it's not like even saying that i'm just like it's it's not real i don't don't fully believe in the american dream but i do believe in aspects of it and here in the states it can be a better life comparatively and dr is is a country that it's it can be very tough. It can be very tough to get by depending on what class you come from and depending on what resources you're given when you're born. So, yeah, yeah. some of the stuff he was saying, I was like, it, it was really hitting home. Yeah, thank and you I, like that. you said, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, yeah, it, it definitely helps to see what motivates him and why he works so hard. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm glad maybe, that you're... I'm glad that you guys are here. I'm glad that your sister is. Hopefully, she's yeah. no longer small and. Well, no. So the thing is, my sister. That's an awful um, joke. I'm sorry. That was so. No, no. Bad. no. So, so <laughs> she's no sister... longer small. <laughs> I am like she has this great, like amazing We've met moment. Her on video. <laughs> I know. She's, I know. She's fine. Oh, I just like it was such a wholesome moment. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I I feel honored, and I'm like, I gotta mess this up somehow. And that's what <laughs> happened. That's exactly what happened. So I, but Belle, I'm so sorry about this man. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that was so funny. All right. I feel like I gotta change topics because <laughs> yeah. Vincent I'm... and Brianna. Vincent. <laughs> Vincent doing great. Doing awesome. All right. Let's let's scoot on over to Ryan and Clara. <laughs> I'm just gonna not just out of this territory. No, if they want us to, if they want me off the show, I understand, and I'll just <laughs> I, 
I'll just preemptively leave. I get it. I get it. You deserve better. Uh. <laughs> okay. So Brian and Clara. <laughs> so we had a very interesting meeting between Ryan, who is the religious partner of his marriage mm-hmm. with Clara, and Clara's mom, who is the religious partner of Clara's parents. And so they had a little one-on-one chat on the porch and they were talking about, um, you know, raising kids in a, a church environment and not shockingly, they aligned on a lot of these things and understandably like why he would want to talk to her about it. Um, and her mom suggests basically that, well, she said, I'll say this. She says that when she was pregnant with Clara, she realized that the being in a church environment actually was really important to her. And so she made the decision to raise her children in a church. And Ryan's eyes kind of lit up and it's like, oh my God, all my, all his problems just went away because now I think he's thinking that when Clara becomes pregnant, she'll change her mind about how she feels about (laughs) raising kids in a church and like his this will just be fine and like she'll just kind of flip over to his way of thinking with it um so yeah i'll just stop there what do you think she'll come around the thing the first thing i thought of when they're having this conversation is as a when i was a teenage girl i was told do not date projects and that's exactly (laughs) what they're trying to tell to ryan that claire is oh she's just a project that she'll come around She'll change her mind. She'll realize that religion is important. And, you know, it was just like, what? No. Like, accept her where like, she is. Like, yeah. she doesn't yeah. want to raise her kids in the religion, in the in any kind of religious atmosphere. That's her decision. She is not 15 anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just, the idea of she'll, she'll come back around. I just, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And maybe she will, maybe she won't. But like, if you're not okay with what she is now, that's a problem. Like this is, like you said, the project thing. Also, what teenage boys were they like your parents warning you about? They're like, oh, little, little Tommy. (laughs) It's, it's more like the hopefulness of like, oh, you know, It'll get better. Oh, you know, he doesn't have a job. It's fine. Oh, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. If yeah, I just help a little it. bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly you're driving him to work every day. <laughs> I just like the idea of like a little teenage boy and he like comes over like, hi, I don't like to date your daughter. And they're like, look at you. You're not even grown yet. Yeah. Braces project is a project child for sure. Look he at doesn't him. have one chin hair project. Oh, <laughs> he's like i'm 12 <laughs> do you pay do you pay taxes no project Bye. no job get out. look at get him out. look he walked here he lives in the neighborhood <laughs> yeah but all jokes aside I, I definitely know what you mean by that yeah and um mm-hmm. yeah like you just got to be okay with if you're not okay with where they are now maybe you shouldn't be together I just feel like she told him what he wanted to hear. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, because he wanted to hear like, no, Clara, he wanted to hear from a person who, you know, arguably knows Clara pretty well, that no, she doesn't 
she doesn't really mean it when she says this. And I want to call bullshit on that because mm. I don't know. I think when someone tells you straight up, like, this is what I want, then you should listen to them. You don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to read between the lines. You don't have to figure mm. out what they maybe mean. Take them at mm-hmm. their word. And that's it. Like, there's no more, there's no further steps. Take them at their word. That is his yeah. partner. That is his wife. Listen to what Clara is telling you, not her mom. I guarantee if you ask anyone's mom something about like what the kid wants, they're going to be off a little bit <laughs> because they're going to put a little bit of what they want for the kid in there. <laughs> that like, I'm sure this is something that her mom wants for her too, that like she'll come back around to the church. She'll come back to yeah. wanting to be a mm-hmm. part of this community. She's that's wishful thinking for her too. And like that may happen, but it may not like yeah. it just, that's, that's completely up to Claire and how she feels about it. And it's only up to her. I just, I hated the idea of them just having this little like meeting about what Clara wants. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't need to dig into this. You need to talk about like, how do I compromise with her? How do we do this mm-hmm. as a partnership? You could have talked about yeah. how, I mean, Clara's parents are, have different perspectives on religion apparently. So like he could have asked her about how do you guys balance that? And they could have talked about that and not actually included the footage whatever but i feel like that would have been a much more productive conversation than like she'll come around agreed it's almost like clara doesn't know what she wants for herself so we have to you know yeah which is for her yeah not unfamiliar thinking when we talk about what women want (laughs) seriously like oh she'll come around she'll want kids eventually she'll change her mind Mm -hmm. like maybe Mm -hmm. she won't and that's okay yeah do you, your your point about her saying what he wanted to hear i didn't actually that's i didn't think about it from that perspective but it could be that because he i i appreciate how transparent he was being clearly this is something that's very important for him and i think like you know don't shy away from it if, if having children raised in the the church is very important to you vocalize it and he's doing that and you're you're right it's maybe maybe this was a i don't know what else to say um part of me did think because like you said we know that the mom is was is the church uh going and the father isn't so i wonder how this conversation would have went if she was talking to her father Mm -hmm. instead um but yeah and also your point about if you talk to like i i appreciate this episode how you go to their where they grew up and you talk to their parents i appreciate that i think that being said like if you went to my parents and went to where i grew up i don't know if you would actually get a good picture of me as a person like i think Mm. i'm obviously i'm very close to my parents i talk to them typically once a week and so i'm close to them but I, they're not the I would I don't think they'd be the best representation of my actual personality and character mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know like I'm not gonna be talking to my mom about how I think the rock is president <laughs> you know that's just not something that I would talk to her about um I was gonna say is attractive but like even that I definitely <laughs> wouldn't that'd just be weird she'd be like She's wait like, what okay okay Ago, let's talk about that right. this is new <laughs> 
I feel like going to the family's house is helpful for historical context. Like, what was mm-hmm. important to you then? What kind of upbringing did you have? Who were you? But as you start to move out of your parents' house, for those of us that do, and as you grow into sometimes, like, more into yourself independently from that, like, your parents can no longer fully describe who you are, right? Like, they, right. they have one part of you and they have a part of your life that is forever cherished and that's very important, but that's not all of you, at least anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the value in meeting family, it, from my perspective, is kind of seeing more like what the full environment is like. You know, like seeing the actual like house that someone grew up in, if you can go back mm-hmm. to that, your parents still live there or whatever, that's cool. It's kind of like, oh, cool. Like this is, I can kind of envision like what life here must have been yeah. like. But yeah. much more interesting to me is actually how people interact with each other. How do the parents talk to the person? How do the parents interact? How do sure. siblings and other relatives around them interact? Like getting a full picture on how people talk to each other, how, like, if there's conflict, how that's addressed and all of those things, it's so Mm -hmm. different between families and even within like little family units and then getting together with the big family and seeing how all of those interactions play out. So I think that's like when I've met a goose family, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see where like you act a certain way when this happens or like the way people talk to each other. And then this happens, like I can understand a little bit more about how you approach situations and um, just gives me a more context on him as a person. And so it's, I mean, it's cool to see the houses and everything, but I more just got like, okay, you had like a stable upbringing (laughs) (laughs) and your parents seemed pretty chill and they were like pretty strict when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah, They, she talked about when, so they went over there for a meal and so it's her and Ryan and then Claire's parents and she just talks about all the ways that her parents, like what rules they had for what she couldn't do. <laughs> She's got a Usher CD that her mom broke. Her mom was like, I don't remember this. I'm so embarrassed. Why is there a shirtless <laughs> like... man on your album cover? <laughs> right, right. What is this? Oh. <laughs> and yeah. like other things that she wasn't allowed to do or whatever. Um, so that kind of painted maybe a picture of also relating to how Clara feels about religion because a lot of those Christian values being implemented at home do tend to restrict what kind of content you can actually listen to and that kind of a thing. That was my experience growing up for sure. For sure. Um, I've said it so much. (laughs) I know. It's just like what I say now. (laughs) Sure. sure. I can't stop. Ryan, you did this to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're like, I mean, yeah, it seems like not a lot of Disney movies were watched when you're a kiddo. No. Like, I don't know if that's a bad thing if I'm being, wait, Wait, Disney, if you like to sponsor us, I take it. <laughs> Disney, if you're listening. Mr. Disney. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Mickey Mouse, I I appreciate you so much. Um, Mr. Mouse. Um. <laughs> but yeah, like I had, I'll, I'll just go into this area. Um, yeah, when I was growing up, very like conservative Christian, and we weren't, allowed to watch Disney movies because there was, I think part of it was they thought they were too scary for us because of like the, there's always the villain and it was too spooky. But also there was like no underlying Bible lesson. So they were like, nope, we're not going to do that. Um, Doesn't have any meaning. Yeah. There's not like a lesson at the end. 
And so it was a lot of like nature documentaries, Crocodile Hunter, <laughs> like PBS, Solid. Solid. and uh, tennis when it was on cable. So <laughs> I miss out on a lot of pop culture references. Like even like we grew up with Britney Spears and NSYNC and like all those artists like did not listen to those at all. Like was not allowed to. <laughs> so that's well, yeah. I mean, like that's that's very real. You're upbringing your household really has an impact on you right because like that's your whole world your Mm -hmm. yeah which i would looking back i would argue contributed a lot to being sheltered and not literally understanding much i mean not i wasn't oblivious to the world but there was kind Mm -hmm. of a catching up period of like oh i can read harry potter now because my parents aren't here (laughs) the harry Harry potter Potter. one was weird because i went to a catholic school my parents worked very hard to send us there but i remember when the first few books came out we like they're like oh it's witch, it's dark magic it's black magic it's all the stuff you can't read it which then made all the kids go so i'm gonna read this <laughs> in secret <laughs> and then by like that was like the first few books were like that and then by like book four they were just like oh no i don't we don't care anymore i don't know what when that change happened but like there was a time where you'd get in trouble for reading it and then like two years in everyone is walking around with harry potter books so i don't know there's something happened you know, something happened maybe like the principal read the book and was like oh this is pretty good uh this is i take it back you guys can read this approved now. oh never mind not cool anymore <laughs> Oh, they killed off Harry? How dare they? You know, no longer approved. Right, right. Is that a spoiler? Yeah. I mean, if someone hasn't read the whole Harry Potter <laughs> series and has listened to this, that's a very small group of people, I think. I'm sorry, He's Mickey just... Mouse. I'm sorry, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Um, okay, oh my God. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, I'm done. All right. Well, the last thing I have oh. for them mm-hmm. is Dr. Pepper's visit, right? Mm-hmm. So she she used the phrase, uh, how do y'all feel about Ryan withholding intercourse? Which I thought very, was a pointed way cl- to say that. Very like, he is withholding this. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there because it doesn't seem like any movement on either side. Mm-hmm. And then she had to just like make it super awkward and is like, what if you offered you sex tonight? And I was like, whoa, like going from zero to 100 real fast. <laughs> like, not to put anybody on the spot here, but what if you offered you sex but tonight? Let's put you on what the if spot. you walked in the room looking like a snack? Would you partake in said snack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah. I appreciate that she was being, I think it was needed though. I think. Um, because even the way that like Clara was answering the questions, you can tell she really likes him. So she's yeah. she's trying to be tactful in this, but sometimes you just need somebody to come in there and like I I don't know if they would be able to have that conversation if they didn't have Dr Pepper there, you know. Mm-hmm. So well, I, uh, no. it was it was a bit heavy at at times, but I think they really needed that. It, it was good. So. And it doesn't really seem like Clara is comfortable having those conversations because, again, what was her response? Yeah, but. And, girl, you yeah. like, you got to be honest and a little more direct. I mean, you're yeah. still making it sound like, oh, you know, Ryan, I respect how you feel. I don't want to pressure you, so everything's cool. 
And yeah, you do respect him. You do um, respect um, respect how he feels, but everything's not cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Just the overarching theme of Clara. If you feel something, yeah. you got to say something. Yeah. I guess my question would be, knowing what we know now, do you still think that they are a good match? Not if they'll stay together, hmm. but do you think that hmm. they're a good match hmm. would be my question. I really want to say yes, because they seem to have such a great connection. They seem to vibe very well. They seem to get along really well. But isn't that just, you know, friends, which is what we keep hearing from them. They keep referring to each other as friends. What I would like to see better in a partner for Clara is someone who helps her speak up a little more on how she truly feels and really pushes her to voice her opinion because... Even though Ryan's not intentionally doing that. He's not intentionally making her be quiet, but the subtlety in how he thinks and not encouraging her to express her opinion is making her not express her opinion. Mm -hmm. And so I would like Clara to speak up her opinion more, but maybe she just needs a partner who encourages her more to do it. I don't know. That's a really good point. Yeah. I am concerned that Clara won't come around on the religion thing. I think they haven't gotten into the details enough about it. And I don't think at the end of the day, she wants to raise kids in a church. And Ryan is very clear that he does want that. And I'm worried that they're going to delay that conversation until they're actually talking about having children. And they're going to stay together until that point, because that's one of the bigger things that they can kind of avoid for the time being. And I just, I, I think in that sense, they're not well matched because those are like core values and like, a, it's a huge part of someone's life to, to be in a religion like that and be involved in the community. And I don't think she's going to be down for that. I think she's going to feel a little bit trapped by that. And I don't like that very much. Cause I, I see a lot of myself in Claire when she talks about that stuff about, being raised in the church and feeling like it wasn't a choice and kind of choosing to walk away from that later. That's me. (laughs) And I can't foresee any time that I would be um, really getting back into organized religion in the way that maybe Ryan is representing. So I would say no in that way. But what do you think, Agu? Okay, so I think this is this was a tough the reason I was asking, A, because I wanted to get you guys' opinion, and I love hearing your opinions. It was really, it makes me think about it differently, for sure. I think I'm trying to balance because not everything is perfect, but what relationship is. So True. they have things that they differ on. But again, every relationship has that. I guess my concern is kind of echoing both your points where... Um, I'm not happy that she doesn't feel because you, you can tell she has she's very confident in the way she feels about a lot of things and I've seen some of the unfilters and Pastor Kyle was mentioning like that's why they they were so happy to have her on this show that she is so um, open and so uh, expressive um, so there's that part. But then a part of me thinks like, but she's with a person that she likes and she doesn't want to hurt their feelings and she doesn't want to be antagonistic. And I get that. Like, I'm also very expressive 
but you know I'm not gonna there's certain things that I won't talk with my family about because I know we we view it differently and it's just not worth going into that so I could see why she's doing that um I think ultimately though I'm kind of back I'm with Ashley on the religion thing I think that's the the thing that they need to because it's pretty clear that they want children so if they weren't going to have kids I, I i would be like oh that's fine but it, it seems like they both are clear in ha wanting to have children and um just them having that figured out beforehand and not waiting until there are a bunch of kiddos i think that's the fear and similar to you ashley i just i don't know if they're going to do that without being prompted because mm -hmm. it's such an uncomfortable conversation um so hopefully you know having experts on the show they'll get them to have that talk but i i still think they're a good match though all that being said i still think they're a good match so i will counteract myself there because uh hearing you both talk about the religion simple. piece and i definitely agree it's such a big part of the relationship that needs to be addressed more hmm. and thinking back to what they're mostly talking about on the show it sounds like they're more fixated on the sex in their relationship like i'm talking about the experts and their conversations and you know everything oh yeah and to me, I wouldn't consider it as important as a religion conversation. Um, only because it's, I think, more impactful in the long run. When you're talking about kids, when you're talking about bringing lifestyles together. Yes, you know, um, sex is very important and they should be talking about it. But I guess, you know, after hearing both of your thoughts, I, I wish they would talk more about it. More about the religion in terms of their kids and not keep pushing it off or only dabbling in it as they are. Okay, so let's talk about Virginia and Eric. They had an interesting episode. Um, one of the big things that came up with them that they were kind of fighting about a little bit is that Virginia feels like she's really making an effort to get to know Eric's family and you know, talk to them and text or whatever, and she doesn't feel like he's doing the same with her family. Um, and so later, Eric FaceTimes her dad and brings up exactly that, that he wants to be um, close with them. And it's just that he's been trying to focus on their relationship a little bit more. Um, so yeah, how do you feel like his conversation with Virginia's dad went? I mean, I think it was helpful and also it showed that he wants to make an effort with Virginia's family. I thought it was a little out of context though to tell him the reason for calling because it was like, <laughs> hey, I'm calling you because your daughter's mad at me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I called you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. what do you expect the dude to respond to you? Like, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they had a good conversation. Otherwise, you know, his... Uh, her dad saying that his, um, you know, his marital relation, like, statuses have been difficult on her, and he realizes the impact that it had on her. Um, also, though, defending a little bit, saying, like, Eric, I may realize that you, you know, have a 
way of seeing marriage how it's supposed to be, but not all marriages are the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each is own unique. So mm-hmm. they had a good conversation, I thought. Yeah, it was really... Uh... I do empathize a little bit. The few times I've called your your parents, it's just like uh, Ashley's called your parents. It's just yeah. it, I don't know. Just calling on the phone is different. I don't know why. It's just it's very different if you don't talk to that person on the phone often. Like that first few times, it's just like um. I, I just want to say so I feel like that's what he was doing he's like I need to like open this up somehow um and yeah half the know, time t- like we're supposed to be talking to the in-laws so it's like right, I'm gonna call you because I I know we have to build a relationship <laughs> yeah it's like I'm supposed to like you now I don't know what to do <laughs> um but it's uh yeah but I I think it's just like um, I think their conversation was great, and his her dad was very, uh, very uh, like he under he. How do I say this? Very reflective, and you could tell he's really thought about the effect that his um, relationship had. And you know, he said it. He's like, you think that they don't notice, but they do, and and just I, mm-hmm. I appreciate. I think it's. It's very big for someone to kind of get to that realization. So yeah, um, and even like the fact that the the thing he was saying about you know, like uh, Mabel, you kind of mentioned it that like not all marriages look the same. Um, it's funny. I feel like he's gotten like two different people told Eric that this episode because I think Dr. Pepper said that too. Mm-hmm. And then, like at one point, he's like, "Everyone keeps on telling me this <laughs> because you're expecting Virginia to be someone who she is not. There will always be tension there." I yeah, yeah. and I think that's the heart of all of their issues. Is like he cannot just see her for who she is and be like, "Okay, just make the decision off of like who Anymore. she is right now." Like, does does this work for you? Does does life, everyday life right now as you've experienced it with her work for you? Not who you're going to try to force her to become or the kind right. of mom that you might want her to be or, you know, yeah. her adjusting to your work schedule and you don't have to adjust to anything of hers. Like it's, that's that's where the decision is and all the other stuff can come from that. Um, but I agree, it, it was kind of refreshing to hear her dad be like, yeah, she had... We didn't make it easy for her, and that that sort of honesty is um, nice to hear because I think it's easy to be kind of defensive about that time, especially with yeah. divorce. I mean, the the really easy thing to do is be like, "Yeah, you had a messed up childhood because of the partner, <laughs> because of my ex," yeah. you know, and have it be like they were the villain. But it takes two to tango, and you know, separations are really not the best, but they can be handled in ways where kids are a little bit less affected and still understand what's going on. Um, so I think that self-awareness was really great. And yeah, yeah. I think um, another thing that we could talk about with them is I mean, they had their little basketball date where she was showing up on the court. We had, a, you guys are saying another love and basketball scene. Where <laughs> 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 The white version of it. Yeah, um, yeah. She was good Diversity. though. She got, <laughs> the diversity. Yeah. She, she, she got I like actually handles. Like they were playing basketball, not just like moving around it with a basketball real. in their hands. <laughs> it felt real. Yeah. 
So she talked about how she played basketball a lot growing Mm -hmm. up and kind of similar to how Brianna talked about it. It was um, an activity that was kind of grounding for her and helped her gain confidence and have, you know, something to focus on. And it kind of transitioned into this conversation with them about like him talking about how independent she is and how much he respects her for kind of overcoming these difficulties as she was growing up. And again, talking about how he kind of wants her to feel comfortable to lean on him a little bit more. They're using the phrasing like, I want you to need me and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that whole world. So how do you how do you think they can approach the needing each other conversation? Like, do you do you feel like they're doing that fairly? Because I think it could come off a little bit as because we've seen Eric cast a little bit as the controlling husband. It, it can come off a little bit like, I want you to need me. Like, I need to be a necessary component in your life while she's this really independent person. So I guess, what do you see there? Yeah, no, great point. I, yeah, you're, I think you summed it up perfectly. Like, my instinct is like, oh, of course you want her to need you. But like, no, I, I get what he means. I think every relationship, oh, I imagine a lot of relationships are like that, where like, sometimes you're the... Actually, I think you had like an analogy at one point about like being a flagpole and like being this, <laughs> the the backbone and the other one can kind of like flap in the wind and then other times they're the backbone and you get to flap in the wind. And I think that's what I was getting from that conversation. I think that's what he was trying to say. And yes, it could have, it can get painted a different way um, if you kind of look at everything we've seen as a whole. But I don't think that was the intention. I think her describing her like sports moments was great because I like I had that too. I think a lot of people who've like played sports when they're growing up, you have like the moment where you're like, oh, I did this thing and it was so cool. And like, I felt amazing. And when she was mm-hmm. describing making that shot and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're down by two and she always misses her free throws, but she makes them both like that is like, oh, that like those are the like, that's the part about sports that I think like at least I miss sometimes where it's like you just you're Mm -hmm. you just feel so alive in that moment and just hearing her describe that uh it was just it was it was great to see do you guys have moments Mm -hmm. that are like that where like I don't know like your kindergarten team or something you scored and everybody was like lifting (laughs) you up or I don't know whatever uh sport (laughs) situation Um, I specifically remember a soccer game where I made Probably could have been flagged for high kick, but a left footed <laughs> shot and it went through the goalie's arms and I scored. Oh, I was damn. like, I, and I still remember that. I was like, it was left footed too. <laughs> yep. Did you Those do like the slide, yes. like the slide on the, the, the Ronaldo, like take your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not do any of that stuff. Rip your shirt open. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a, a soccer moment as well, playing high school soccer, and I was always stuck playing sweeper, which is the last defense position right in front of the goalie. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. we, our team was legit terrible. Like we, I was recruiting girls from gym class, so we'd have enough like people to play games. Like it was, it was rough out there. Um, but there was this one game where they're like star forward of the other team had another breakaway and they're like about to get to our goalie and I chased them down 
and managed to get to the side enough where I could slide tackle them. And I like went for the ball, uh-huh. but I took them out too. And there was, <laughs> there was like, uh, we had a right, very small. for the ball. <laughs> yes. Oops. I aimed for the ball. She happened to be there. She came down with me. Um, and I just remember like the few people who were in the stands were just going nuts. Cause it was like, we were the underdogs always. So when anything mm-hmm. happened that we nice. did kind of right, it was a big deal. And I was like, Ooh, that was a big moment for me. Yeah, it's Uh-oh. pretty exciting. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but about like their conversation, Virginia and Eric, I felt like there was some fear in there as well that they're kind of talking around, but both have him being, you know, so adamant about, you know, I want you to need me, right? I want you not to necessarily feel like you always have it on your own, but like I'm, I'm there for a reason. And I think part of it for him is that he's afraid of maybe having like another divorce slash any kind of failure that he views and maybe that's where he is so controlling in some of the things that he says because he's so scared that it's going to fail again Mm -hmm. i don't know but then virginia she talks about like wanting to be so independent but almost afraid to to lose that and i i liked what she said when she was like well is it okay if i just want you not necessarily need you like i i respect that um but i also think that she when it comes to her friends and when it comes to her social life she's almost afraid of being codependent on someone else and then having them fall off from under her how she mm-hmm. kind of views her her parents mm-hmm. you know yeah I wonder if it's a thing with Eric, if his fear is that if this marriage ends in divorce, then he really has to sit with that and reflect on the fact that he's been in two marriages that didn't work out. Mm -hmm, And he has mm -hmm. to actually consider, like, is there something that I am doing that's contributing to this? Is there a way I'm approaching Mm -hmm. relationships that isn't working? Whereas if he is still with Virginia, he can pretty much put that blame on her. And he doesn't have to be as forced to do the work because they do have a bit of a power dynamic. I think yeah. there's always that always exists, but I think he does hold a little bit more of the power, and so it's a little bit easier to rationalize as I'm the grown up and I'm helping her figure out how marriage is supposed to look. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's at that enough. Well, you're not saying anything. Well, no, this is all like way subconscious stuff. (laughs) But yeah, because I don't think he is sitting there thinking about how he can be a better husband. But if Mm -hmm. he didn't have a partner anymore, he might actually think about that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think part of it is like us all like we're kind of going we're in a transitional type phase when it comes to relationships, you know, like. The relationships that my grandparents had was very different. There was a breadwinner and like, and a home maker. And it's, I don't know. I think uh, that was probably the thing that everyone was kind of repeating about marriages look different for different, like, you know, not all of them look the same. I think that's the thing where like he had, he holds his family marriage to very high regards which is great and I think because of that he kind of views that as success and then anything that isn't that Mm -hmm. could be considered not 
So, and I, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, it's, you've seen it work for them. So it's, I could see why you're like, well, clearly it works. This is a winning formula because it worked for them. And, you know, looking at it from a scientific point of view, like, sure, I, I get that. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that's the thing, um, that they're going to have a little bit of issues with and seem to be having issues with. Um, also it's okay to, you know, on the other side, like I do think relationships change you and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And, um, being okay with that, like, like you changing, not hanging out with your friends as much as you used to, isn't like, that's not a controlling thing. That's not like, that mm -hmm. is just, you want to spend more time with your person. So I think there's yeah. like a, there's a middle ground thing there. I'm probably more on her side, honestly, but that's just because I kind of view things more from her side in general, if I'm being honest. So, but I do think to kind of go to the, the conversation she had with her sister-in-law, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, with Eric's sister-in-law. Eric's sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah, Eric's sister-in-law. It got very confusing. I was like, who is this lady? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like, that was a very interesting conversation because you can tell, like, they're they're relatively the same age, but they have a very different way of looking at it. So it's not even like a... I think it's easy to go like, oh, it's an age thing, but no, like mm -mm. just this right. is a different, a different view of uh, of, uh, of life. Different. Yeah. Did you guys pick up the fact? Like, I felt like she just did not like her. That's what I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a little no. uncomfortable. It didn't yeah. seem like. Was, uh, yeah. It seemed like Virginia was really excited to have a relationship with her, and then she was kind of like you're a walking red flag <laughs> coming into right. our family. And that was yeah. a little, a little tense. Cause I don't think Virginia mm -hmm. picked up on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Seeing sometimes I, I feel like meeting the spouse of someone um, can kind of show you a little more of who they are. And particularly when they were having that conversation, I felt a really big class dynamic because this yeah. is an extension of the person you just married. Granted, this is the person that the person you just married's family married into. So there's still a distant there. But she is very similar to Eric in the ways that it just seemed to be like they think and they are. And I definitely saw a bit of a gap there. What do you guys think? Yeah, no. For, it, it did feel like she's from the other side of the tracks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little rough and tumble. Um, yeah, I, I. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's like I think it's, it's there in all of their interactions. Like they don't, like I don't think they view it as a problem. But it's, it's, it's there. It's like mm -hmm. an underlying thing. And when he's like, oh, you know, I grew up very differently from you. Part of it is just you know having both his right. parents there. But I imagine part of it too is that it seems like they they grew up in very different to your point social economic mm -hmm. backgrounds for sure so yeah i 
I don't know. What do you think, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big difference between them. Like when when we saw them at Eric's family home and he's showing her photos and they're in that house, I was... And he was talking about being on the traveling teams, and you brought this up before, Goo, of like, oh, they, they must have, like, really been able to afford to have his, their kid on a traveling team for what, baseball or whatever. Um, and and just, like, their house itself, I was like, damn, you guys have a nice house. It's really <laughs> like, a nice house. It looks nice. Yeah. You yeah. know, and if, if I, I guess I think about the just a difference in how they experience childhood where mm-hmm. he had this like no family is perfect and no one way is correct. But I think Eric experienced a lot more stability. He had both his parents <clears throat> there, which again, doesn't necessarily, that's maybe not a good thing in some families, but like mm-hmm. he had that, that nuclear family set up and mm-hmm. um, sounded like kind of, you know, by the books and, you know, sort of a military family and everybody kind of following along those tracks. And then Virginia growing up in what sounds like a little bit more of a volatile, chaotic situation where um, parents were like moving away, that she wasn't speaking to them at certain points, that she was really just investing all her time in like extracurricular activities to kind of get through that time until she was old enough to like live on her own. And like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that those are extremely different places to come from. And so mm-hmm. I I think that 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 can be bridged, but they both like he needs to approach Virginia when she talks about her past with just listening and like not interrupting and empathy and just kind of acknowledging that like wow, that sounds like it was really hard a lot of times and like I can understand why you behave this way when certain things come up like that totally makes sense. And I think from her side, she can look at as much as she can suspend judgment, I think, Mm -hmm. for how he grew up, because it's growing up with a a loaded family and (laughs) like both parents, like that's a privilege. But he I mean, he was just he just kind of popped into that situation. He was born. He didn't choose it. It just was. It's just a thing. And so I think maybe from her side, it could be easy to look at him in those moments where she is upset as like, like, F you, like you, you don't, you don't even know half of what life is. Like I've, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've lived 10 lifetimes since I was a kid. Like I've been doing this all on my own and I don't need you and all this kind of a thing. And he's coming from this place of being like, no, you're going to plug into the mom spot in this house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, you're going to (laughs) become... The mom and wife that like I witnessed and experienced when I was growing up. Um, so I, I think they can get there, but I think they both need to be really, really mindful about how their judgments and biases could get in the way of them truly connecting. Because right. that that is the biggest thing here is if they can get those skills. <laughs> That's my yeah. very long answer. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think that mindfulness is completely missed on them, right? Like, he comes from a higher class background, and he's used to a lot of the things that, like, like, we're all used to what we're used to because of, you know, our our own environment, but what he is used to takes a lot more money than what she is used to, and what she is used to 
is a different lifestyle than what he is used to. And when you're married, you're not this multi-class entity in one household. Like, you are one together. And you have one home, one, in you know, generalizing here a little bit, but one lifestyle, one way of being. This is not a, oh, my kid's going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to, like, just pick out, uh, like, my, my kid's gonna do rowing. I'm gonna just pick out like an expensive sport versus my kid's gonna do like, I'm gonna just say it. Track. You know, like <laughs> track, like something like that. Like No equipment required. <laughs> nothing, just on your feet, you know? Yeah. Like it's, you have to, like you have to meet somewhere. I've, I'm, I, I find myself a lot um, doing research on this, not like professional, but like a PhD. Like, but, like some just like, like articles I like to find on like, class differences and especially when they come together in a marriage there has to be a lot more give because you realize the minute differences when you're in the same household together and right now neither of them are really budging he wants his lifestyle what he's been used to and she wants her lifestyle what she's been used to and both of those have social economic classes tied to them Mm -hmm. and i don't see them meeting in the middle right now i don't see them meeting on one person's side and I don't see the meeting in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. They're just, I totally get that. I yeah. guess. So I, I forgot where I saw this. I, I apologize cause I'll give you credit, but they described at least in, you know, for, you know, we're in the U S um, she, she described, I remember it was a she, I can't remember her name, but she described classes as you're either, the fa- you're either in a family that can't afford to go to Disney World, or you're in a family that can go that has gone once, or a family that goes every summer, and like that's like the way she describes the different classes in a way, and and I, I like that analogy because I don't think necessarily, um, you know like I don't think it's easy to be like Eric's family is loaded and they're like I don't know name whatever the Vanderbilts or whatever rich family that's existed. I I feel like they're comfortable, right? But I think, like you said, Mabel, that change, how you view money, how you view work, how you view, there's so, it changes how you view so many things. And um, I think, like for me personally, um, my, and I've kind of, I've mentioned this before, but like my parents worked really hard to send us to private school and like extremely hard it was a big amount uh, a a large percentage of their earning power to send three kids to private school so i always felt like it was very interesting being in that situation because your you know your peers your friends your classmates they're in typically they're in a different social at least for me they're in a different social economic class than me so like i remember going to their houses and being like oh my gosh you guys have like actual gatorade not like the knockoff brand (laughs) and stuff like that and like just like it's just things like that where um it's a different way of living and i don't think and that it's not a villain a villainization thing like they were just kids living their lives but you just you notice like you say you notice those little things um more and i do think on the other side though like i think that experience taught me or being in that 
juxtaposition helped me realize that you can make decisions based off of it being the right decision, not necessarily because of the money, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like that's a thing that I've noticed sometimes where people only do decisions based off of what can give you money now and not, you know, it's the reason why certain people aren't able to do internships, even though that's the job that you actually want is to do that. And you instead do something else that can pay you. So that's why you're going to do it, but it's not the job that you want to go into. And, and I think I say all that to say, like, we can, I think you can learn both things, right? Like, she can bring things to the table that he's not, he's never thought of, right? And, and experiences that he hasn't. And he can bring things to the table too, where like, hey, you know, because of my background, because of this, like, I know that this thing is very important. And like, I think that's, you can learn from both things. Um, and that's a great thing that they have. And hopefully they're able to, to channel that. But you're right, I think if, you don't if you're not mindful of it it's that it's like it's not going to go away <laughs> so right. you got to mm-hmm. be very very transparent and and, and they're surrounded by it she's surrounded by it and her family he's surrounded by it and his and they both want to be connected to their families so yeah it's not going away anytime soon <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. they're going to have to figure it out yeah all right what other who's next <laughs> our last one is Haley and Jacob they're the drama couple of this episode (laughs) all right so let's just well i should have said eagle and dragon aka (laughs) Jacob. yes eagle and dragon (laughs) hashtag eagle and dragon um i mean they they did putt putt golf he's shockingly good at it which she was mad about they did softball which she (laughs) knocked it out of the park if i Uh if i could do a joke there (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to um so I feel like, real quick, it was a missed opportunity for them to have a great conversation of why he's so good at putt-putt. Sounds like his mom worked nights and dropped off the kids at the, you know, playing mini golf and stuff during the day. And he's like, that was kind of our babysitter for a while. So like, got real good at putt-putt golf. <laughs> but like, what a rich area to explore of like, what was that like? And, you know, talking more about his childhood and understanding like where he's coming from and what his experiences are. Uh, and she mm-hmm. brought some pictures and showed how she was in softball and how she played all these different sports when she was growing up and how her parents really wanted them to try a lot of different things and always see things through, which was a moment and a, a quote that they lingered on for a moment as if, you know, maybe that could apply to this situation. Maybe she'll see this through. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um Yeah. But the larger thing that happened was the bracelet. Dun, so, dun, dun, dun. Bracelet gate 2021. This is <laughs> the $800 bracelet. The big bracelet conversation. So the long and short of it is that Jacob bought her a bracelet that was gifted to her before they got married. She had given him a hat as a gift. And the bracelet, somehow she mistook it for a necklace, so she didn't wear it because she had a high-necked gown. Her mom held on to the bracelet and then took it back with her, so it's, like, in another state now. And basically, Jacob's been upset that she hasn't tried to have it shipped back to them and has mentioned several times that it's $800. So I want to hear what you think about all of that, Mabel. 
I just feel like they're. I already saw this coming for like you know how much they attack each other, but now they're just like one hundred percent like finger pointing. It's your fault. You're the problem. You don't care. Da, da, da. The whole episode, <laughs> and yeah. even from you know putt putt and softball, they're not curious about each other. They're both blaming the other person for not asking curious questions or being you know more interested in who they are, but they don't really care about the other person and we've already seen this coming they should not be together they have like stamp steel delivered this relationship off like there is no coming back from this and then the bracelet like i get it he spent a lot of money but you chose to spend a lot of money before you met her knowing whether or not what kind of gift she like there's just a lot of assumptions in this bracelet right now that you just imposed on her and more power to you if you can afford an $800 bracelet for someone you don't know but like I, I, I don't really see what there is to say you know besides the respect of hey, hey thank you for giving me a gift I really appreciate it you know awesome yeah. besides that like I don't see the need to have it honored for him because he holds this bracelet to such high esteem mm-hmm yeah, you know what I mean, the, the way they did the editing, where they like, because I I imagine if we like go back now, we'll see there's been hints of this the entire time, right? So they went back <laughs> and they put like all the this scene, this scene, this scene, this scene, and um, it felt like you know, like if you watch an M Night Shyamalan movie or like one of these movies that has a twist at the end where they're like. And really, it was the butler the whole time. <laughs> like, it felt like that's what they were trying to do to us. And power to the editors. Very well done. Maybe, I think everyone's a critique, everyone's a critic. But, like, I think maybe if this was done earlier, it would be more impactful. Because I just don't care about them now. So, like, they showed that. I was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Too little, too late. Yeah. Yay. It makes sense. I don't care. Like, I just, it just didn't, there's such a nothing situation there. Like, it's funny, every time we watch them together, it feels like a first date. Every single yeah. time. Like, it, they're, it's a first date doing putt-putt, first date doing um, softball. Like, it's just, it's a series of first dates. A it never goes first dates. Bad ones too, yeah. Like mm-hmm. not even no chemistry, no flirting, Nothing. no flirting. No, nope. um, just judging this man's shoes. She she doesn't like his fashion, like a lot. Nothing about it. a lot, and <laughs> I like, his style. I kind of I kind of get it. Like I don't know about fashion, but like I think that's one of the things that kind of works with Ashley and I. Is like we have similar fashion <laughs> design taste because i am very i feel like i would be like oh, oh you're gonna do that and then like it would be an <laughs> issue but um like i mean in terms of designing the house like that one couple that had like hats on the wall or something i'd be like what the <laughs> hell is that shit no it's dumb i don't want that um but to go back to the actual point i think uh the bracelet thing I don't know as well. I don't know what, like, it seems like Dr. Pepper was trying to say, like, you know, it was very meaningful to him. He 
bought something for his future wife that was very, you know, I, it seems like he doesn't buy $800 gifts all the time. So this was an investment and he viewed this as starting off and showing how much he cared by buying this and her not wearing it or even being in the same city as it. It was just showing lack of respect is respect. what he seems to get back to yeah and then yeah. on her side it seems like she's taking it as like this is a big deal because he can't afford it type like he wants it back when she was talking to her mom that's what i was kind of getting where they're like tacky like this is a gift um and maybe he does want it back he's like yo we're not this isn't a real relationship let me let me get this back so i can give it to my next one but <laughs> Reduce the user cycle. No. <laughs> no, don't do that for spouse gifts. <laughs> We're not doing that. That's some bad energy bringing that to a new relationship. That bracelet's cursed as hell. Well, at least don't like talk about it on national television where if you do give it to the other person, she'll know. Um, so... Yeah. Have you, I, also, buying $800 thing for a person you don't know yeah i'm not i'm not that ballin that that would be a thought process for me hmm. so i feel like i would do it i mean i got you an engagement ring that's more than that so it's great you that's did that's fair that's fair but it's i get it it's a lot of money mr jacob don't care <laughs> so <laughs> i have a theory about this i think so okay let's think about jacob's experience going into this marriage experiment on tv right mm -hmm. he has been single for a very long time he has been living alone he's been doing his house projects he's been dating he's seeing his friends get married he's seeing his friends have children he is still living alone still dating just it's just not working out so he sees that married at first sight is in atlanta and he's like hell yeah i'm gonna gonna take a chance maybe they can find someone who's right for me i don't think i can do it by myself manages to get on the show and he's like oh my god i'm going to have an actual wife experts are picking a person for me i want to have a meaningful gift to give that person before i meet her so that that's like a symbol of this time where i was just so excited for what the future is going to be like it's a very meaningful thing I highly doubt he has given a gift of this caliber to a past partner, especially if he hasn't dated for like long stretches of time with like, he just kind of dated around. So this is a big deal for him to say, I'm gonna, I want this to be significant. I want this to be special. I'm gonna spend a little bit more than I really normally would because I feel like this will communicate how serious I am about this, how, how much this means to me. And so the thing, you know, they get to the wedding day, the gift gets over to her, and there's this misunderstanding, kind of not to her fault, I don't think. And she doesn't end up wearing it, and then this misunderstanding snowballs. She doesn't understand. She's kind of unaware of what all of this background is. And they continue on. And then they have their honeymoon, and they have a oh, like pretty good couple of days, and then things just tank. And they're not talking. They're not connecting. He feels like he has, he almost had this thing and it was just, he feels like the other person isn't giving themselves 
to the process to actually make mm-hmm. it work to see if they could be a good match. I think his feelings about this bracelet is just basically how he has felt about Haley this whole time, that he was so excited to be with a partner. He wanted this meaningful connection. He wanted to have some quirky lady stand in his crazy house with him in that sauna mm-hmm. and with their backyard beach and all the 500 dogs he's got. <laughs> and she didn't show up in the way that he hoped that she would. She didn't show up emotionally. She didn't show up to have basic conversations. And then she didn't show up with that bracelet on her wrist. And so I think all his feelings about his disappointment with the process is really just being put on this bracelet because he can complain about that. He can't, he probably isn't as comfortable because he's not a complete asshole to go right to her face and be like, you fucked me over. (laughs) I put my heart into this and I did not get what I think I deserved and what I wanted and what I think you probably wanted too. Like you didn't show up for me. And so the bracelet not even being there is like, there's a lot loaded up into that. And then it's not even in their house that they're attempting to cosplay a relationship in. Like, (laughs) it's just. I just slow clap. That was just amazing. That is my theory. Because I was transported there. All of a sudden, my <laughs> I felt like I had '80s clothing on. Oh my god! Mm. No, no, but I think this is so very insightful. common that we see. It yeah. is. I'm just yeah. gonna coin the term a proxy problem because the bracelet is a proxy yeah. for his problems with Haley. All the problems that we saw with everybody and their dogs. It, it's always a proxy for the relationship. But we saw this with Eric mm-hmm. and Virginia. Like mm-hmm. there is when there's one little thing that people are picking on, that's it. It's a proxy. Right. But then. Even with a proxy, like, that's a problem in itself because you're not actually addressing the real thing, right? See? You're assuming that Haley's going to pick up, that the bracelet is part of the bigger context she of the relationship. She will never understand that unless you spell it all out for her. Right. Really. No one can read your mind. You have to communicate and actually tell the other person what that truly means to you and how you feel about it. Because... For all she knew, she, similar to um, Eric's response with the family, she was focusing on you and, her, you and you know her in the here and now, building the relationship, not the bracelet. Eric was focusing on the you and her here and now, not the family. And it's like, okay, if you don't prioritize vocal, like, and, and tell me what that is, I may be on the wrong chessboard. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. yep, <laughs> playing the wrong game. Right. I I also I the well you were giving taking us, transporting us to this situation, which again it was really great. He's not wrong. Like she hasn't tried, no. you know. Like I think yeah. if she hasn't tried. And I, I get I I empathize why, you know, she's not she's not feeling his face, to use a Chris term. <laughs> Um, Dang. <laughs> that that one's me. still fresh. <laughs> it's the face. <laughs> uh, I would have to say, I would have to say the face. I would have to say the face. Uh, yeah. Of all um, the women but... in Atlanta. <laughs> the black <laughs> queens, the white queens, the Latin queens, and you found the one that was oh. meh, you know? Um, but I, I think she hasn't. And... Um, 
I totally understand why that's frustrating because similar to Paige, like it, there's nothing worse than like I went all in to this experiment. I'm trying mm-hmm. and you're not even willing to so I, I get it. And um I think this season has been sneaky because she's kinda a villain, but because you don't want to dislike her, but it seems like she's kind of a villain. She's like a sneaky villain where you're like, oh yeah, you're not, this isn't great. And I don't think she's doing it nefariously or anything like that, but I, yeah, no. You, it's almost like I'm she's surprised. so passive that that's the problem. You know, like mm-hmm. you see other people who are like actively making bad choices, but it's like being in a cooking competition and just like standing there and like, I'm not going to turn anything in. <laughs> She's not even like making a terrible dish. So you're like right. mad at her for a whole other reason. And like yeah. all the experts have talked to her about it, right? Like Dr. Pe- uh, Viviana has like, hey, remember this thing you wrote? Like you're literally doing that right now. You're not giving him a chance. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Dr. Pepper kind of hinted at it. But like you said, it's just, I think it would be a lot easier if she was like trying on the other side like you said her being so passive Mm -hmm. it's just like "Eh, okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. something i wonder with them so a lot of times when we hear the recap um reunion episode excuse me reunion episode i feel like we hear at least one person say in the end when you know kevin asks hey what's some advice you give yourself or therefore to the next couples on the show at least one person says be open to the process don't go in with your own expectations or your own assumptions. Just let things play out and be open. And I feel like some other people on the show too, but Jacob and Haley aren't. They're playing off of what they thought was going to happen in the beginning, who they thought they were going to be with, how the, how the relationship they thought was going to play out. Mm-hmm. And after they saw the first impression and didn't meet it, they were done. They were mm-hmm. like, nope, this is not what I signed up for. This is not who I signed up for. And it's like, well, you didn't really sign up for anyone in particular. No. <laughs> or any one situation in particular, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What a downer to end with them. They're, They're just sad. It's yeah. Sad. I still just kind of feel like she shouldn't have been selected. Same. Yeah. And, like, they're matching with the consideration of how she how guarded she is and how you know i've self-described picky she is i just mm-hmm. think their chance of success was always going to be pretty low and that's hard because they put so much emotional energy into showing up for this and, and giving it a shot and to kind of have it play out this way i hope is at some point they can look at it as a learning experience and and see it as, you know, just something that they tried. And, you know, like you were saying about last time, like you tried, you know, that's that's the best you can do. You show up and, you know, they'll be better for their next relationship, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, well. I hope they like both take away that most things don't happen in a day. And even though they did it differently, neither of them really withheld judgment early on and that's just kind of disappointing because you build a relationship right you don't just like check a box and done everything's kosher Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. But what if you don't like the face? What if you don't like the face? <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm still just really happy we don't have to talk about Chris and Paige. (laughs) I'll have to say the facial features for me. I'd have to say that. I love that line so much. It's so dumb. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Terrible, 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 terrible. Well, so so we're going to wrap on a donor. So sorry about all that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, thank you for joining us, everyone. Again, if you have thoughts on the episode... Um, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. This has been just really a chaotic season. Like I, I can't remember having so many like big bombs in like the worst way in these seasons. And it's, it's hard to watch at a certain point. Um, so I'm hopeful that we can see some interesting interactions with the whole group together when they take their little group couples weekend retreat, um, for next episode. And, We'll see what happens on decision day and the reunion. So those are right around the corner. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Stay in the tuned. meantime, yeah, go follow us on Instagram. We are at cup of three podcast. Um, if you want to just send in your thoughts, you can do it on Instagram or email us at cup of three podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. So have a good, Thank you. Have a good week. Thanks again. Uh, thanks Thank again, you. Molly. Thanks, thanks again, Molly, yeah. for the email. You're the best. <laughs>